0: So what a nice word from the Haileke Boshemtov. In this Boshemtov, he brings a Torah on the pusik. He brings a toy on the pusik. He brings a toy on the pusik. He says, He says, that a parent tells a child not to walk outside without shoes. He says, If you go outside without shoes, you're going you're gonna to hurt yourself. And he warns him. Going out without a coat in the winter and things like that. You know, he warns him, You better not go out like that. I better not find you like that. So, the child, he, he's, he makes sure to, to put on his shoes before he goes out because he's afraid that his father will punish him. He's not afraid that he'll hurt himself. He's not afraid that he'll get a cold. Right? The kids know they won't get a cold. It's fine, Tati. It's not cold outside. But he's afraid his father will punish him. He doesn't do it. The father's afraid that the child will, will get hurt. The child won't be healthy. So, what happens? The child is doing it for one reason. The father has a different reason. And their intentions are not in sync. But the, the actions are the same. Hashem says that the same thing Hashem gives us the mitzvahs, lezakas es Yisroel. Hashem wants, is, Hashem wants we should do mitzvahs so that we're close to Hashem, that we work on ourselves, we we perfect ourselves. You know, Hashem has, has the, the right intentions for us. Very often, but we serve Hashem because we're afraid not to. right? we are punished if we don't, and, and, and other uh, things like that. Hashem wants that you should have the same. Yirr as he has not that you should have a Yirr as Oynish Hashem wants you to have Yirr as Chet just like Hashem is kaviucho, afraid that you shouldn't do that either, it's not good for you that's what He wants you should also have He wants you to come to the Madraigah that you're not just afraid of what's going to happen if you do the wrong thing and that's why you're going to hold back from it but you're actually afraid of the wrong thing itself because that's no good and it's taking you away from your goal and, your, you know, and, and, and what you're supposed to accomplish very often when I see these, these kind of mashulam where we talk about how a child a childish way of seeing things. What comes to mind often is that you know we still have to remember that part of it. In other words, we have to remember the part where the child is different. We're not expected to be childish. We're expected to be smarter than the child who doesn't know. We're expected to, to you know to, to do what a child can do. But sometimes just looking at the mushal gives us insight as to what a child is doing or how a child sees things. What I mean to say is that. We have to learn from this, of course, to work on ourselves and have the irishmaim that Hashem wants us to have and not be like little kids, little children who are just afraid of getting the patch. But sometimes when we look at a child, it's important to understand that, you know, he, he didn't learn that b'ashem tev. He didn't learn that saif yet. He's, still, he's, he's the child we're talking about. He's the child who does things for different reasons than we do. He has different perspective than we do. And we can't expect that of him. What happens very often when it comes to chinuch, we don't realize sometimes, I'm talking about myself, we expect from children things that we don't even expect from ourselves. Now, of course, on the childish level that we're, that the, the, the example given um is not always is not always relevant to us in other words, what am I asking my child to go to school? I went to school I know but you, you're basically asking a child to do something that's very difficult for him. Are you doing what's difficult for you? you are telling a child don't take another nash right that, yeah I'm, I'm not eating a nash why is he eating a nash? Are you eating what you should eat, for example? are you learning as much as you should learn? Very often what happens is it's hard for a person to work on himself. So he works on his kids it's hard for him to so it's not hard for him to not patch his brother. You know, what you, what you know, the example you're noticing in the child is something that's not difficult for you and you're busy demanding it of him as if, as if what you just did to your brother who asked you for a loan or your sister who called you on the phone and you didn't pick up there, you know, that's the same thing. And you're expecting of the child even more than you're expecting of yourself. And so it's important to remember a musha like that. A child is expected to wear his shoes only because he doesn't want to patch and not because he's expected to understand that he's going to get a cold. And if, he's, and if he sees that you're not looking Then he's going to do it He's, he's going to go out without the coat Because that's normal for a kid As the Mushul teaches us And we should be working on ourselves To come to a Madraig of Yerushalayim That's expected of us So that's just the perspective When it comes to Khinach so let me read a question And talk a little about um, Okay there By I listen to your Yashiram And enjoy it very, very much Thank you I have a question about my 10-year-old child I have a hard time figuring out Exactly what color he is Okay, this is based on my courses and books I think he is a UV and a blue Which basically means a very sensitive child. My question is, he's a smart boy who hates to think. He learns Gemara very basically, on a very basic level, but he hates thinking. He has no oomph to push himself. When my husband learns with him, it just turns into an argument because my husband gets frustrated that my son isn't trying. He had a processing problem when he was younger, but we worked with him on it, and Bukhsham now he's fine. How can I get him to use his head and to get him to really start learning? Thanks. Okay, so let's first discuss the situation that you're describing and then let's look for a solution. The situation you're describing, first of all, let me start with this, is a Yiddish mama who wants the best for her child and knows that the best is when a child is learning Torah and growing in Torah and being connected to Torah and mitzvahs and and, and that's all we want. So if anyone ever tells you that, stop, just let the kid live and what are you going, what are you being, that's wrong. A Yiddish mama standing by the lech is just doubting that her children be close to Hashem and as Torah and his mitzvahs that's what it is. of course they have to be happy and of course they have to have whatever they need in this world and of course there's so much more that you also ask Hashem that your children should have it's not only about the rochnies it's not only about but that, that is the main thing so I, I'm not I'm definitely commending a, a Yiddish mamah for, for, for caring about this about this part of it, it's not, not a question now you mentioned describing this kid that he, he hates to think okay, I don't know if he told you that he hates to think or this is your assumption of the situation but let me mention this, a child who's not pushing himself to learn, I'll talk about his age in a minute, but I'm saying the fact that a child is not pushing himself to learn at any age, um, but as long as we're talking about children at least, is almost what we call to be expected, right? Because I'll have the, the expression, a child who's running away from, from Haider, doesn't want to learn, running away from his has to be expected. I mean, i, I I'm, not even talking about the fact that the, yeah, it's a toy, and it's a holiday, and how it works with kids, and, and when when it comes up. The, the general idea of a child not wanting to learn, and why should want to learn? If a child doesn't want to learn, no, oh, very good, beautiful, a toy life. But why, why would somebody want to? Why would a child want to learn? I think it's very normal and natural. for Children not to want to learn. That's what Tanika Berach means. How, how many children when, they, when there's a day off from Chayyid or when it's snowing, they're all happy. Most, right? So some more, some less. Some are okay with learning when they have to. Some are not. But I'm saying it's to be expected to, to see it as a. As, as a difficult, as hating to think, I don't really do with thinking, I think that, I think when he reads his books or plays with his games, he's thinking very much. I don't know, I think when somebody bothers him, maybe he's also thinking a lot about it. I wouldn't say necessarily that it's a, uh, it's a, a thinking issue. And going back to what I mentioned before, I think we all have this issue of pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone. Children even more. Sensitive children even more. Uh, you know, for someone to want to push himself, right, you call it the umph to learn and to, and to push himself, who's pushing himself these days? Again, I'm not saying we shouldn't. I'm just saying that how many of us adults push ourselves? Forget about a kid not pushing himself out of his comfort zone. He's fine the way he is. Why, I'm, why are you looking at it like, a, like a, a, a special laziness or hating to think or something specific that you're wondering how to get how to get him to push him? I, I'm not sure why you think that a, a child is maybe um, pushing himself. It's true that some children have it easier or more chayshik and more motivation. I'm not saying that not. I'm just saying that it's so easy um, you know, to, to see... To understand the child who doesn't want to push himself. That's first of all. Another, another point. You don't mention if it's your oldest or your youngest. And I don't mean to get too specific. And Anything I say in a class is relevant for everyone so I always try to stick in different points. Very often, parents come to me about issues and they don't mention right away that it's the oldest child but sometimes I pick up on the fact that it's the oldest child. And the reason is because when a, a, an, an oldest child we often expect more from not necessarily because he's oldest but because we didn't yet see what happens later on in life. I've seen this many times. And people tell me, for example, my, my, 10-year-old, right, about 10, my 10-year-old, my 11-year-old doesn't want to daven, doesn't come to shore. he doesn't sit by the table. If he would be a fourth child, and all the older ones are already sitting by the table, then very often you'd have more patience for him, because you understand, yeah, well, he'll be 13, he'll come daven, well, he'll be 15, he'll sit by the table. You have more patience because you've seen already what happens when you're patient, or when you let it happen on its own, and in different stages, different children, they, they grow into it. When it's the oldest, by the time he's eight, he's already the big boy. Nine, he's already tremendous. Ten? He's so huge, he's almost a Bukhara, and he's still, not, he's still not learning. So I don't know if this is your oldest child or not, but talking about a 10-year-old that doesn't have Khaishik to learn, I, I don't know, I'm, I have quite a few children over 10, but I'm saying about 10 years old to want to learn and push himself? I'll be honest with you, I, I think that, that you know, many 10-year-olds aren't looking to push themselves when it comes to learning. Now, another thing that I want to understand over here is that know, Baruch Hashem, it sounds like he had a struggle with some processing um, processing problem, which you said he overcame. Aside from that problem, is he struggling or he's not struggling? And it's very important to understand this. You're saying he's not trying. Is it hard for him? Does he have a problem? Does he not have a problem? Is it just the fact that he learned the whole day and Chayda, he's coming home, he has no motivation to learn extra? And it's very important to understand this part because sometimes a child is doing just fine and we want him to do even better and we want him to be more into it and care more about it and that part he doesn't have but otherwise he's doing fine. I'm not saying that children shouldn't learn at night when they come home. I'm not going to go into the whole debate of the Mecham of how much homework and if homework and things like that. Maybe he came home, he's burnt out already. I'm saying it's possible that you're talking about a kid who's doing just fine. His, pro- his processing problem is gone and other than that he's doing fine in Haider and you, you would want him to do even more which maybe he doesn't need. Even if you are talking about a kid who does need help, sometimes it's the kid that, need help, that needs help that resists the most. And the reason is because the child who struggles in chayder is the one who doesn't have gedilt. He, he's sitting a whole day on shpilkes. He, he doesn't have the, the patience to sit in the chayder. He finally comes home he's learning even more. And I once heard this from a who said it's so unfair. The children that struggle the most are the ones that have to put in the most work, the most time, I mean to say. And it's not enough the seven hours that everyone's putting in. He has to put in ten hours because he's struggling. A struggling kid has to put in more time. He's struggling with the seven. How can he put in ten? And that's why Ismachanaq told me he tries to always make sure that any help that a child needs, he gets during the hours of school and chayda, so that, so that he's not the one that, that's gypped. You know, it's not, instead of seven intense hours, ten intense hours, while other ones only have seven enjoyable hours. So that's also something to think about. I think it's very important to interpret correctly, which you didn't go into at all. Does this boy need help? Does he need to be pushed? Is he okay the way he is? Maybe he's just fine. So that's also something to to think about. Now, let's get a little more practical. Um, you mentioned that your husband gets frustrated and turns into an argument. I don't know if this is a shulam bias issue or not, but I want to be careful to talk about it and make sure. I spoke this past week of satmavasmedish, a whole drusha about what's more important, shulam bias or chinuch. And I explained a lot of different scenarios where one, where they intertwine and become a problem one another. The shulam bias um, gives itself out on the kids or a problem in Chinuch, becomes a Shulim problem. And some, this is something very important to be aware of. Um, and it should, be, it should be discussed separately. In other words, I'm going to assume that you and your husband are on the same page about this, and you're both looking for a way to deal with it, and your husband doesn't like the fact that he gets frustrated, and you see that it's not good, and we're looking at how to help the kid. But if this is a Shulim issue, where you're upset at your husband for getting frustrated, for example, and, and you want to know what you should now tell him, and say, well, I just heard a share from my Ba'i and he says... Be careful. That's not the way to address a Sean bias issue. Another thing I'll mention also, just from experience, um, I don't know. I, again, nothing personal. I don't know who you are. But sometimes, um, it's, it's the wife making the husband very frustrated. And it's the other way around as well. Husband, wife, I'm just giving you an example and I've seen this. Sometimes the wife is standing there watching the husband learn with the kid and the husband's getting antsy because somebody's looking over her shoulder and saying, well, why didn't you learn with him? Or well, does he know it? Does he not know it? Why do not you spend more time with him? And things like that. I knew of a situation where somebody turned to a mechanic where this was an issue and mechanach said to always make sure to learn with his kid outside the house because when he learned with the kid in Sheil, um he was much calmer. And when he learned at home his wife was, was on top of him. It's just an example. Or maybe the kid's more nervous because the mommy's there. Again, nothing personal. I'm just pointing out different things that might you know, be part of the, the stress of a husband. I will say another thing also that is that sometimes when a wife is dear for the husband and tells me you know, I know it's so hard to learn with him I know it's so frustrating just giving him the support. Even if you weren't the one that caused the problem, just giving him the support, I know that it's hard to learn with him. I know it's so frustrating. I, I commend you. I don't know how you do it. I would never, I would never be able to do it. That alone could make a, a husband, a father, much more patient and calm, knowing that he has the support and, he's on the, and he, he feels good. He doesn't feel like a failure because it's not working. He feels like his wife is looking up to him for what he's doing with a child. So these are just like small ideas that I'm throwing in. But if this is a Shulm Bay's issue and question, then this is not the way to deal with it. I'm saying the way is not to find out what the right thing in the Chenech aspect as much as to find out about the relationship. So let me go back a minute. If Assuming that this child needs help, like I said before, he might not need help. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's very important to talk to a rebbe, a manal, or an expert who could tell you, does this child need help? Or he is on par with his class or following a chaider. And for his age, 10 years old, he's doing fine. No reason for him to sit and learn and push himself to think and care enough. So that's, if you do find out that he really does need help, first of all, find out what help he needs. Sometimes the help he needs is just to discuss at home the ideas that we're learning in the Gemotis, he's more familiar for example or just to get the Ivra better and read it well so he knows the words and it could be that he could do it with these. sometimes a child needs help and you're trying to help him get to 106 but all he needs is really 95 and maybe the part that he needs you could accomplish with him with everyone being calm that's one idea to think about another idea is that when a child does need help and he needs real help he needs help he should sit and learn and really get it and he's not getting it there are ways to do that and very often the father is not the right person for that and not because he's a nervous parent or because he's not capable, but because he's a father. I heard this once from Big girl who was talking about it. He was saying how so often he sees he had a situation where he had two parents that were complaining about the same, same similar situation where fathers weren't able to get across with the kid and learn well with them, and he switched them. He made each father learn with the other kid, and they were both very successful. A, a parent is so emotionally involved in the, in the child's learning that it gets frustrating It gets frustrating the fact that the kid didn't get it yet. It gets frustrating the kid's not motivated or not interested enough. And it just just takes out the... And he was giving an example. You you ask a child, okay, what does it say in the mission of Shnayim? Shnayim what? What are they holding? You're jumping at the kid. You can't even answer. He's getting frustrated. You're getting frustrated. It's not working. So if a child needs help, it might not be the right idea for the parent to be the one to do it. You can find someone who can do it. You can find someone who's more capable or just someone who's more calm and more relaxed and more patient. And, and not even someone who's better than you just, Or more patient than you Just someone who's more patient with your child Aside from all that f- Finding the right guy to do that And even yourself Just making learning more fun And more motivating And more incentives And, and whatever it is That can attract the child Like I said before You're, not, you're expecting a 10 year old To want to learn I, I don't know I think that to Come up with ways That it's going to be more fun Or more geschmack Or more something for him And worthwhile don't, don't, Some people don't like the fact That uh, for a lot he will do it You know For a lot If not for a lot you won't do it for Lali, so give him the Lali. <laughs> it's a Rambam. This is this is the way we're machanach. He doesn't like davening, so give him so give him a Nash. Oh, yeah, only for a Nash. If I don't give him a Nash, he won't daven. So then give him the Nash. Again, it has to be age-appropriate, but I'm saying, you want a kid to learn well, give him something for it. Or get someone else who can give him something for it, or, or whatever it is. Um, Another idea that I do share with people who learn private with children sometimes, in Galat, that learn one-on-one tutoring, very often... And I had, I spoke about this in public to a group of tutors, maybe 200 in a lot um, that that are tutoring. And and people private who tell me, uh, how do I do a better job with the kid? I want to make him more successful. 90% of what you want to do is make the kid feel good. Listen to this. 90% you want to make the kid feel good. You want to make him feel like he's smart. You want to make him feel like he's diligent. You want to make him feel like he's motivated. You want to to make him feel like you're really impressed and amazed by him? That's 90%. The other 10% you learn with him. And Bukh Hashem, I've had many people tell me that this really helped them bring out the best of a kid. If you spend 90% of your focus making the kid feel like a million dollars and showing him how much you like to learn with him, that he's learning with you, how much insight he gave you, and how much uh, you wait a whole day to sit with him, and how he's the only kid that really gets it, and and you're so amazed by his devotion, and whatever you want to call it, that brings out the best of a kid. So often, um, um, scholastic, academic, and, and all kinds of learning challenges and dis- are coming from emotional um, discomfort especially with sensitive children and very often that's what you want to do so if a father can do that great and if you can't find someone who could do that and let the guy know this is what I want you to do I want you to make my kid feel like a million dollars and learn with him as well and very often um, this is this is so um, important now, another thing that you also have to understand just a perspective issue like we started off with the difference between how a kid sees it and how you see it and what you're expecting of a child very often this child sees himself as pushing himself you might think he's very lazy, he doesn't push himself to think, and, and he, he's not interested. He, he might feel that sitting for 10 minutes and even trying to think after a whole day in Khaider means he pushed himself. So aside from the fact that he needs the compliment, he might feel that he deserves it, and if he does, then he really does deserve it. That's a very important thing to realize, that you might see him as being lazy and not motivated enough, and he might see himself as being overexerting and not getting anything for it. So that's just another thing to keep in mind. I'll end off by mentioning the fact that you spoke about his personalities. so I always have to throw it in. A sensitive child. With a sensitive child, it doesn't work to force. It's not the right thing anyway to force a kid, especially when he's too young or whatever. But even when it's necessary, it doesn't work. And one more time, there could be better ways to deal with it. But even if there weren't another way to deal with it, just by forcing it, it's still not the right thing to do. Very often forcing a child that has that resistance and that inflexibility just causes a resistance. I know so many people, I hear from so many people, adults who tell me, this thing, no way, I was forced as a kid and that's one thing I don't do. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. So what do I do? I, I, I just let him, yeah, sometimes, yeah, maybe, maybe just let him be. Maybe, sometimes. If you don't have any other way other than forcing him and putting him down and making him feel bad, then, then don't do it. Maybe it's not worth it. So just think about it. You don't want him to learn now and never learn again in his life. So that's, that's something to think about. It's very sad when, when well-meaning pressure causes mamish, you know, the opposite and, and instead of waiting for better opportunities, I'll get older, I'll have a good magachir, I'll be more interested, I'll have a good chari, I'll understand better. Instead of waiting for something to happen, you, you try to force it when it's when it's not the time or the way or the way and you just cause damage that that, that doesn't go away so fast. And one last point that I mentioned from time to time, as much as like I started off with the goal and the and the dream of every Idhishimamah is a child of Tamad Chochem, a child who's duvik and toira and mitzhnobit Hashem, And it's all great. It's so important to broaden the 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 options of a child succeeding. Not that you should give up on this chaz shulam, but especially when he's a child, and in the big picture as well, to understand, there are so many other ways for a child to succeed. Now I know that in the chinuch system and the chayder and the yeshiva, this is what we push for. We push for 100% of the children to be 100% successful with learning, Torah, And hopefully we will be. And I don't think we should ever give up on that or or say it's not necessary and for some kid, who cares? But you have to give the child an option to be a success anyway, before he succeeds in his learning at least. He can be successful with, 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 with doing chesed. He can be successful with playing well he could be successful with being artistic let him feel good give him the compliment let him be a success he might never succeed in learning chaz and at least he'll be a success and feel like a mensch he won't be a depressed rebel and maybe being a success in other areas will actually help him be successful in learning as well so to focus just on the learning and let him know what a failure he is or feeling like a failure uh, without letting him shine and without understanding that maybe just shining other places will be a help for him that's also just just like a, it's a it's a disservice to a child. You're not helping him learn. You're not helping him be successful. You're not helping him be a mensch. that's also something to think about, especially with sensitive children who need the feeling and they need the comfort and they need the good word and they need the appreciation, acknowledgement, and all the encouragement they can get. So, when I yourself, with the right understanding of what's going on and just dealing with it patiently in the right time, in the right place, focusing on the right parts that are actually helpful for a child, I believe we could overcome every difficulty. I see a lot of children.